When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're talking real money. Hello and welcome to this week's Talking Real Money Quick. I'm Don McDonald. This is the short version of Talking Real Money where we take all of those calls, well, some of those calls, that come in when we're not doing the show on Saturdays. Because the longer podcasts are from the show we do Saturdays on Como News in Seattle uh, at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern. But you can still call our number, 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255, anytime. And I'll answer your questions during Talking Real Money Quick. This week on Talking Real Money Quick, the features that will be featured are features about the basics of investing. This week we have the first five of the ten keys to being a successful investor. And then next week we'll have the final five along with your questions. And again, you can call us at 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. And let's get to a call. Yes, Paul Merriman has a little program where he talks about investing $3,000 for an infant child and putting that in just a regular brokerage account. And as a child starts earning income, put in the child's name as a Roth IRA. I was wondering if there was any advantages to doing that. Or currently, my wife doesn't have a Roth IRA. I was thinking about for this year doing that in a Roth IRA for her, and just leaving that account separate. And then next year, making a separate IRA Roth in a different brokerage account, and using that going forward for her for future investments, but leaving this one alone and hopefully never touching it, but then we would still have access to it, obviously, if we needed it in retirement. But you know, ideally, it would be strictly for the child's benefit, but I was wondering if there was any advantages or disadvantages. just seems like a better way to me than trying to do the brokerage and transferring it in as a child starts working, because if the child's name is the beneficiary on their Roth IRA, I would think that would be a a better way to go about it, but I was just wanting to get your opinion on it. Well, you mentioned that your wife doesn't have a Roth IRA, and while I think it's wonderful to save for kids I and grandkids and the like, I think your first responsibility as a couple is to yourselves because nobody is going to do what needs to be done for your retirement now. A child has a lot of time to build the money needed. Yeah, I think you should fund your IRA. As you say, your wife doesn't have one, fund hers, and then that leave them to that child if need be, make them the beneficiary of the IRA, but the money should be there for you first. Only once you have maxed out the retirement accounts for you and your spouse should you even consider saving for a child. And then I do think once a kid has earned income, the Roth makes a lot of sense. 
I don't know that it's necessary to put money away for them in a regular brokerage account early. You certainly could do that, or you could just keep it in your name and earmark it for that future Roth IRA for the child. Or better yet, consider putting it into an education account, a 529 plan. And and we like the Utah 529, my529.com, because it has some good funds and reasonable fees. Yeah, fund your wife's IRA and make the child the beneficiary. I think that's probably a great solution. Our number, 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. Leave your questions 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and we'll answer them weekly right here on Talking Real Money Quick. Yes, there is such a thing as a free book. Get your truly free copy of Vestry's Better Retirement Guidebook at retirebetterbook.com. That's retirebetterbook.com. To become a real investor, you need to accept the fact that the global securities markets are highly efficient. Every day, millions of buyers and sellers with access to almost the same information make judgments and arrive at a reasonably accurate assessment of current prices. Some of these daily bets are wrong and some are right, but the wisdom of the crowd has been incredibly accurate in study after study. It's the basis of the efficient market hypothesis, which states that market prices reflect, but not with 100% moment-by-moment accuracy, all available information. The market is a lot like the old house many jelly beans in a jar guessing contest. Individual guesses are all over the board, but in numerous examples, the aggregate of all the guesses is uncannily close to the actual number. Even critics of the efficient market theory don't think that you and I can take advantage of short-term inefficiencies. One of the efficient market's biggest detractors, Nobel laureate Robert Schiller, stated in 2013, quote, it's unlikely that the average amateur investor can get rich quickly by trading in the markets based on publicly available information. The market may not be 100% correct, but its collective wisdom is greater than ours. Talking Real Money is one of the few talk shows that takes calls 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You can call us anytime at 855-935-TALK to get your financial money-oriented, particularly investment-oriented question answered. 855-935-TALK, and it is time for another call. Hi, this is a question concerning retirement income. Already in retirement, a bond replacement. One would be the target retirement income. The other would be life strategy income. Or for someone who can take some volatility would be the managed payout fund. Just curious to know what you think about these products. I'm gathering you would need like an extra section there for a money market for um, solidarity. But instead of trying to currently combine several bond funds, considering the interest rate changes, I'm kind of leaning toward getting an all-in-one fund until some future time. Well, I am, I, I'm really not a big fan of any of those three choices, and, and let me explain why. I don't believe Vanguard's strategy. I don't, I, while I love Vanguard for the quality of their index products and the low cost, I really don't believe in the strategies employed in those funds of funds that you mentioned. For example, the Life Strategy Income Fund has a very large portion of the portfolio in international bonds. We really haven't found found any scientifically based advantage to having international bonds in a portfolio. International stocks, yes, because they really do add diversification, but international bonds add a a little more uncertainty, and that's not what we want to put into a bond or an income-oriented portfolio. So I don't like the life strategy much. I don't like the managed payout fund very much. It's got alternatives and all kinds of weird stuff in it. 
what you're looking at, for example, with the Life Strategy Fund is just an 80-20 fund, 80% in the Vanguard in, in bonds. Vanguard total bond index would be the one I would rather see you in alone. And then 20% in stocks through their total market fund. You can do that on your own. But what you need to do first is determine what your risk tolerance is, your volatility tolerance, really. Risk tolerance is a misnomer. Risk tolerance implies total loss. There's no risk of total loss in any of these portfolios we're talking about, unless the world blows up. But you need to understand your tolerance for volatility. So go to Talking Real Money and take the risk quiz. It's right there on the front page. Take that, figure out what your risk tolerance is. If an 80-20 portfolio, or I'm sorry, I should reverse that, a 20-80 portfolio, because we usually put the stock allocation first, 20% in stocks, 80% in bonds, if that is appropriate for for you. And remember, the Vanguard Total Bond Index Fund, the 30-day SEC yield is about 3%. So it's actually a little better than the life strategy. But when you add stocks, that's going to lower the yield, just like in the life strategy. And then just go with the Vanguard Total World Stock Index Fund, VTWSX. Get those two in the proper allocation, and you're doing, you're accomplishing the same thing, but you're accomplishing it with a portfolio that isn't as complex and doesn't have as many potential hidden pitfalls. That would be my suggestion. And thank you for the call. Our number, 855 855- 935-TALK, 855-935-8255 on Talking Real Money Quick. Subscribe to free monthly email updates from the only magazine devoted to real investing, Real Investing Journal at realinvestingjournal.com. Most investors are smart enough to know they can't beat the markets. When pitted against a trading firm with powerful computers and hyper-fast communications, you can't hope to outtrade them. When facing off against multi-billion dollar hedge funds, many which trade on inside information, you're destined to lose. So instead of battling the professionals, why not hire them using actively managed mutual funds? There are hundreds or even thousands of mutual funds that over any given time might technically beat their benchmarks. But do they exhibit real skill that warrants their high prices? In study after study, the answer is generally been no. Research on active fund managers between 1975 and 2006 by the Swiss Finance Institute and University of Maryland found that just six-tenths of one percent of active fund managers showed any potential skill after adjusting for the effects of pure luck. A similar study published in 2010 by professors Fama and French placed the percentage of managers exhibiting apparent skill at about two percent. Then when you take into account research that shows only a small fraction of funds that perform well one year end up being among the best even five years later, and the odds of you successfully picking a winning active manager for the future are definitely stacked against you. Every mutual fund prospectus and most investment advertising contains some version of the statement, quote, past performance is no guarantee of future results. There's a reason for this statement being so prevalent. First, it's absolutely true. Just because something has happened doesn't mean it ever will again. A very few people win big lottery prizes, but that doesn't mean you will. The disclaimer should read, past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about how this investment will perform in the future. In fact, it's more likely that it will be exactly the opposite. What's hot today will likely cool down tomorrow. So, Quit investing based on previous returns. Please don't expect to ever read anything like this because it would kill sales of most hot investment products, but it's pretty darn accurate. Of the almost 2,600 U.S. stock funds that existed in 2000, just 20% outperformed their benchmarks between 2000 and 2010. Of these 540 winners, 63% failed to beat their benchmark through 2015. Even Morningstar, a firm that has based its success on reporting and rating mutual funds' past performance, has found that very few funds that have done well in the past continue 
continue to do so years into the future. If you're sick of your self-interested financial advisor and are looking for a 100% fiduciary low-fee investment advisor, call my firm, Vestry, at 800-386-3004 or visit us at vestry.com. In previous features, I've explained why you should accept the fact that the securities markets for our purposes are extremely efficient and that there is little or no chance you'll find someone who can beat the returns that the market is likely to deliver, particularly the stock markets, which reflect the value of the global economy. For as far back as we have records, stock markets, not individual stocks, have rewarded long-term real investors with positive real returns. What kind of reward? Well, let's go back as far as the data will take us, 1926. We'll start with a single dollar and see what it would have done over the next 90 years through 2015. If the dollar grew at the rate of inflation, it would be worth about $13. In very safe one-year treasury bills, it would have grown to about $21. In long-term treasury bonds, it would have become $135. But if that dollar spent those 90 years invested in the Fama French U.S. Large Cap Growth Stock Index, that's all the big firms, it would have grown to almost $5,400. And had it been placed in the scarier stocks in the Fama French U.S. Small Cap Stock Index, it would have soared to almost $17,000. Sure, stocks are scary, but as a group, given an enough time, they've built some serious wealth. Real investing is and must be based on science. As with most scientific endeavors, incredible amounts of tedious research is required to determine whether some attribute of a good investment can be validated or is merely anecdotal. Over 50 years of research on decades of data has led to what some call the dimensions of return. So far, after massive peer-reviewed research, financial scientists, many Nobel Prize winners, have identified just four well-established dimensions of return in the stock market. One, the market. There is an equity premium because of their additional risk stocks in aggregate have dramatically outperformed bonds. Two, company size. Small company stocks have outperformed large company stocks by wide margins. Three, relative price. Undervalued stocks known as value stocks have outperformed growth stocks 100% of the time over 20-year periods. Finally, profitability. Yes, it's true. Academics have found that highly profitable companies outperform less profitable firms. So, for those willing to add risk to their portfolios, overemphasizing these dimensions of return has been shown to improve portfolio performance. Yes, there is such a thing as a free book. Get your truly free copy of Vestry's Better Retirement Guidebook at retirebetterbook.com. That's retirebetterbook.com. Well, I wasn't so bad, was it? Welcome to the end of another Talking Real Money Quick podcast. I'm Don McDonald. Thanks very much for listening. I really appreciate it. And be sure to listen to the podcast next week when we cover the last five keys to becoming a successful investor, along with your calls at 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. When you call, uh, ask your question, leave as much detail as possible, and then listen for a future podcast where we will try and probably will get that question answered for you. 855-935-8255. And again, if you like what you hear, please subscribe to the Talking Real Money podcast and tell a friend or two. And if you are truly impressed, leave us a review because it does help. Thanks so much for being a part of Talking Real Money Quick. We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for educational and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately, consistently predict the future.
So past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Vestry, a family-registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. Are we done now?